it must be Wednesday, and you know what that means. Another drop for the Pink Leap Podcast. So come on and ride this train, train, true, true for another level of powerful, innovative, next level conversations with the K. And today I have with me my guest, Sixto Suazo, and I'm going to let him tell you more about himself. So welcome and introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey everybody, uh, my name is, uh, like she mentioned, is Sixto Suazo. I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. Uh, moved here to Atlanta, Georgia to attend college. Uh, graduated from Clark Atlanta University. Um, it's been a little while now. Um, immediately after graduating from college, um, I jumped straight into amateur boxing. Um, I've always wanted to uh, to compete, you know, you know, do boxing ever since I, I witnessed the first Golden Gloves back in the in the South Bronx PAL when I was in the Bronx, I remember going in and seeing the Golden Gloves going on. I was just so fascinated and amazed, you know, by what, what they were doing. I was like, oh yeah, one, one day I want to do that. But, you know, of course, um, you know, growing up in the area that I grew up in, you know, things are hard and, you know, um, my mother didn't have the resources for, you know, to pay for me to, 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 to be in a center like that, to participate in things like that. So, you know, I just kind of, then it goes to the back of my mind. And so I graduated from college and, you know, ran into hard times. I ended up, you know, staying in a friend's basement for a little while. And there was a boxing gym across the, uh, across the street. Okay, and, okay I'm going to cut you off because we're going to get into all of that. So yeah. you went from going to box in the box. And as I was reading over your bio that you sent me, mm-hmm. um, you know, you was a kid that wasn't up for the fight. You, you avoided fights, you know, more so. So, um, in reading that, I was, as well, um, you said you had to become that protector amongst your brothers and sisters because you're the eldest child, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you was raised in a single-parent home. So, you said, you know, looking at the boxing ring, you know, across from where you live, am I right? Um, the bar- yeah, where I was living at in college. Yeah, you know, looking at the boxing gym for where I lived at in college. When I was back in the Bronx, I used to, uh, you know, um, I had a little a job after school at the at the South Bronx PAL, which is the Police Athletic League. Um, so I had a, a part-time job there, and they used to have the Golden Gloves there. So that's the first time I was introduced to boxing or actually witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so that's where that passion started to grow for you yeah. to, you know, say, this is something I think I want to get into. Though you you started in corporate right after high school, you got, went to college and then started in the corporate world. Exactly. Kind of like this, that's very, like, different from corporate to boxing, you know, like, two different worlds. So yeah, in there. I know, I know. I mean, I, I would say the passion started way, even way before that. I know uh, when I was a little kid, you know, I used to be really into video games. Um, and one of my favorite games was Super Punch-Out with Mike Tyson, where you were like, you know, being first person and be punching the Super Punch-Out. And then I got Evander Holyfield boxing for Sega Genesis. And those are like my favorite games. I remember I always picked Roy Jones Jr. as my Baby, back to the Sega, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. all I can yeah. remember is Street Fighters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So yeah, I had the boxing games for that. So my passion started way before that. So then when I saw it, you know, when I saw it in life, in the real life, the Golden Gloves, I was like, wow, this is what it actually looks like. Um, and then, you know, you know, my parents being from Honduras, um, I think I went back there for the summer, for a summer break, and I went back to Honduras, and my father took me to a boxing gym, 
and it was just so huge. I, and I, I must have been real little because the ring looked like ginormous. It was like humongous. Like I have never seen something so big. Like, um, but I do remember that vividly. Um, just walking into a boxing gym as a as a as a boy. Um, so yeah, like I said, um, that you know, seeing it when I was seeing it in the Bronx when I was working at the Police Athletic League, kind of just brought it all back for me. So. Um, wow. You know, when I ended up in college and ended up, you know, yeah, yeah, well, I actually ended up homeless, you know, going through a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. So, um, reading your bio, just, you know, where you came from, you know, the um, single parent home, but I heard you did mention your dad. So your dad was there somewhere, but he just wasn't in the home. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, so, my, so my dad was in my life, I think. Um, up until I was like maybe seven or eight. And then, um, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, whatever happens between grown folks, you know what I'm saying? Things they work out, so right. like moving out and going back to right. our business. And so we've basically been on our own since then. This was back in like 2000 or something like that. Because um, I remember, okay. was, yeah. So he was just gone. And so it was just my mother and my aunt and my little brothers. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. So going back, you know, I saw what you said, you know, about, you know, you was mentioning the homelessness, but you also, during that same time, you was battling, like, depression and alcohol and drugs. So you used those things. Am I triggering something here? No, no, no. So I, mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you just bring okay, it up. We don't just get into it in the grace of things. Uh-huh. But, you know, you went through that period. And through going through those things, are you you use that to fear your you know to fear you up you know to release those things in the ring? Could you inform me there? Absolutely. So um, yeah, like I said, um, I mean, growing up, you know, without a father and as a child and stuff, and growing up in the South Bronx, it was a rough area, being bullied, scared, and all that. Like one biggest thing was I was the oldest, I had two little brothers, but. I didn't have a you know father father figure in the household, and I kind of had to raise myself on the streets. You know what I'm saying? People picking on me, you know, people forced me to do things, you know, uh, getting with the wrong group of people, you know, doing robberies. It's just all kind of stuff. Like just just get into the wrong into the wrong crowd because you didn't have any guidance. So um, I was just doing what I had to do to fit in, so that people wouldn't pick on me no more. So hey, if they if the, if the, if the tough guy was going to to, to commit petty robberies or whatever, then I was right there with them to show that I'm down so that, you know what I'm saying, they won't pick, pick on me. So, I mean, that's kind of some of the things I used to get into. Wow. While we on this, what would you say to someone, you know, that's your age, you know, what would you say to your younger sense to someone else? You know, they feel like they need to do something to fit in and it's not the things that's good, you know, for them to, you know, want to fit in that group. What would you say to someone right now so we can touch on that? You know, that's tough because there's nothing I can say to them. You know, I'm not, like, there's nothing nobody could have said to me when, when I was that age because I'm living it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm living it day to day. I got to wake up. I got to go to school. I got to deal with the police. I got to walk through the streets by myself. There's nobody there with me. So there's nothing you can say to me to, to stop me from doing what I have to do to survive. Because at that point, survival. You know what I'm saying? So um, what saved me, Really is uh there was a um I call him my older brother now but there was an older older guy in the neighborhood kind of took me under his wing at a young age, and 
you know, he, you know, he started like really treating me like his little brother. He would like buy me stuff when I got good grades in school. Um, you know, we would hang out. He would take me to the movies and things like that just to keep me out of the street. Um, well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who's yeah. doing something yeah. <laughs> so yeah so it's like that's why so that's why i feel like that big brother program big sister program they got that's a real powerful program you need somebody who's older to to be with you to be able to guide you but not just talking and be like, a positive influence. You, be a positive influence you need a positive role model you need somebody like instead like if i'm in the house right now i'm i'm a young kid i'm off of school there's nothing else to do i'm gonna go to the street and do do what's out there Unless I got someone older, like, nah, come on, don't go to the street. Let's go out and do this. Let's go out and, uh, you know, get you some sneakers. Or let's go out and go to the movies. Or let's go out and hang out here. So the positive influence to kind of, like, take you away from what you will gravitate towards if you didn't have that influence, right, or have that person. And, um, wow. you know, it's kind of like the same thing where, like, if you had both parents, if I had a father and a mother, when I'm not, in, you know, my mom's at work, it would, I'll be with my father. When my father's at work, I'll be with my mother. And we'd be doing things as kids. But growing up in the, growing up in South Bronx, growing up in private neighborhoods, you don't never have two parents. The, parent, the, the mom is always working 24-7. So when we get off of school, we're on our own. So we got to figure it out on our own. You know what I'm saying? So that was the difference between me and, you know, maybe people who grew up in two-parent homes or healthy relations or healthy uh, families and things like that, where the father and the mother does things with them, but you know, when they don't, because you know, they free times the free times the devil's playground, is what I heard. So yeah, and, yes, uh, it yeah, is, it is, especially yeah. for a kid with no guidance, you know. Mm-hmm. But through going through that experience that you had to go through, it's like it made you who you are today, you oh, know. Like, yeah. As they say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now because if I hadn't went through that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today because of those experiences. So that's what I'm getting yeah, I mean everything that everything that I've been through, everything that happened. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. It needed to, it needed to happen to make me who I am today. It's what fuels me in the ring. It's what fuels me at work. It was fuels me on a day to day. What pushes me to get up every morning and and go through the grueling workouts, waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning to run six seven miles. You know what I'm saying to get in there, get ah. straight. Yeah, it's like you know that that's what fuels you because just just remembering that, remember where you came from, and knowing how far you came, and you don't want to go back there. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta do what you gotta do, to keep it going. So let's I, go I, back. Yeah. Let's go back. So you run six or seven miles daily at four a.m. or is it five days, four days? I mean, you know, it's been it's. <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years. So, uh, you know, wow. yeah, right now, like it's kind of been, it's kind of dialed down a little bit now. Now I do like three or four days a week where I'll do four to five miles. Uh, but it's been instances where I'll do 10 miles every morning before going to work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's been instances where I do seven miles, eight miles. Well, I did a 16 miles yeah, one day, you know, so I'm just trying to figure out what works best for me. You know what I'm saying? What keeps me in shape? So it's just, you know, it's just constantly, constant experimentation with different miles, different times. Is it better to work in a, is it better to run early in the morning? Is it better to run late at night? So I done switched it up. So I done done all types, all, all, all kinds of things um, when it comes to this. Yeah. So when we talk about that, now I'm kind of like interested in your diet to stand in shape for, you know, you mean, don't you have to meet like measurements or weight? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing I've been experimenting with. So you know, you know, running late at night as opposed to running early in the morning. Same thing with food. Um, I was even vegan at one point. I went vegan for like a year and a half. 
So, um, you know, to see how that would affect my, you know, my performance. And, you know, so I did that for a year and a half and, you know, it worked out. Um, but, you know, it was, it was tough because there's a lot of things that you can't eat and risks that you can and things like that. So, I mean, my diet right now is basically, you know, I got a list of things that I, that I shouldn't eat, like cakes, cookies, candy, um, you know, certain kind of breads. I only eat whole wheat bread. You know, I don't eat no white bread, no rye bread, none of that stuff. Only brown rice, anything brown. So no white rice, no white potatoes. Um, uh, so everything's got to be brown. Um, I basically got a regimen. Every morning I'll have me a, a whole wheat a biscuit with, with egg whites um, and turkey sausage, and then with some whole wheat uh, cereal, like fiber, fiber one. <laughs> And then for lunch, oh, I have wow. me, so, yeah, for lunch, I have me brown okay. rice and grilled chicken. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll have me an oatmeal before the gym. And then that'll be my last meal for the day. I don't eat late at night because I don't want no fat, you know, because when you sleep, when you eat late at night, that's when your body stores fat. So that's why a lot of boxes like to run in the morning because you, you, uh, you burn through a lot of that store of fat that you had over the night when you run in the morning before, before eating breakfast. Um, but since oh, I stopped eating after five, I really burned all that fat during my gym session uh, in the evening, like six o'clock, like six to eight, I burned through all that. So when I go to sleep, I go to sleep on the stomach. I'm not really worrying about getting up in the morning and run that fat off. <laughs> so I burned it the night before in the gym. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the discipline, let's yeah. get into that. Where does that mindset of discipline come from? Oh, you, you, you tell me, I don't want to ask a where does it come from? Um, I really don't know. I, where does it come from? Uh, I can't say where it comes from. I just know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a really tough answer. A tough question to answer. Where does it come from? I don't know where it comes from. But I just know that the reward, or you know, this. Oh you know, yeah, you know what? You know what it really, really, really is. Is um the profession that I'm in as a as a professional boxer when I get in the ring I gotta get in the ring in front of thousands millions of people who watch me you know perform and I and my biggest fear is getting knocked out in front of all these people people talking about me, or something like that or me looking bad in front of all these people so that's what pushes me that, right so you know that doing these exercises you know waking up at four a.m. eating what you need you know that this is going to help aid in what you're going to do once you get in that ring. Right. So exactly. that's why you do it. Exactly. That's why I do the hard work now. So that one of our sayings at our gym is hard work, easy work. You do the hard work now so that later on, you know what I'm saying, when you get in the ring, the fight will be easy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I go through yeah. all the sacrifice and everything uh, in the dark behind the lights so that when I'm in the lights, you know what I'm saying, I already did all the hard work. There's nothing, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing they could throw at me that's going to stop me because I don't, I already put myself in through all that stuff before I even got in. I love it. Okay, so. I love it. So, <clears throat> um, I see you made your pro debut in January of 2019. So, leading up to that, I guess you was doing what you was just saying, you know, the prepping, the food, the training. So, when you stepped in the ring, you know, was that the first time and what was going through your mind, you know, on your pro debut? I mean, though, I mean, it's like I said, I've been I've been in the amateur since 2013, so it was just 
it, you know, it was just another day in the, you know, another day when I got into that ring to ring. The only difference is that the ring, the, the gloves were smaller and I ain't had no head. Um, and there was, well, there's always people watching me, because even the amateurs, you got people watching me, but it was all about, it was all about me that night. Like, and I knew that pro was a big step. So, you know, once I got past those nerves, once that, once that first, once I threw that first punch, everything else was just a walk in the park because I've been, I've done it so, so many times before in the amateurs, and that's why the amateurs are so important because that's like the, the training wheels for the professional, for the professional world. Like if you haven't, if you've never did amateurs, I don't, I don't recommend even stepping into the pros because you, you, you don't know what it feels. You never had that feeling. You never competed. Like even in the amateurs, I didn't compete at the highest levels. I made it to the championships in Salt Lake City, Utah. I got rigged number five in the world or in the, you know say in the country um, as a, as a uh, in the 165 pound division. So I don't been under the bright lights. I don't felt the pressure. Um, yeah, I had a headgear on, which was kind of like, you know, training wheels. So when I got to the pros, especially my first fight, it wasn't nothing. <clears throat> it wasn't nothing. It wasn't a, it wasn't no pressure that I haven't experienced before. It wasn't nothing I've never seen. I, I fought some of the top amateurs when I was an amateur. So, um, you know, this, this no name pro that I'm, that I'm fighting, you know, should be a walk in the park to me. It shouldn't be nothing. So it was just, we're just dealing with the the uh, the transition, you know, the no gloves, the headgear, just psychological stuff. But once we get past all that, it was just, you know, it was, it was like it was a problem before you started walking, per se. You know, you had already been, you know, preparing yeah, for the bigger. I already, yeah, exactly. I already been doing it. You know what I'm saying? So I already been. Like, okay. so it, was just, it was just a matter of just taking the training wheels off now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um. We, before each fight, what is it, you know, you do mental-wise to prepare? Are you listening to music? What music do you listen to? Are you listening to motivation? You know, what is it that you're doing to yourself before you step into the ring? Yeah. Knock them out. Yeah, I want to give away none of my secrets now. Okay. <laughs> I, got a, I got a whole routine, you know. I, I'm not, like, um, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in uh, manifestation. And, you know, so like you know, I mean, I do this daily, but especially before a fight, you know, I do. I visual, I visualize. You know, I close my eyes and I, and I see myself performing. I see myself doing what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I just see the whole fight from the beginning to the end. See myself winning. See myself, my hand being raised. To simulate the fight as best as I can in my mind before I even step in that ring. I love and, uh, you. Yeah, I do that a lot leading up to it. Um, you know, I got my affirmations as well. You know, I do my prayers. Um, so, so it's affirmations, envisioning. You know, I do my journaling. You know, I like to journal every morning and stuff. Say what I'm grateful for, because um, uh, I noticed that when you when you're grateful for things, you attract more things that you can be grateful for. Um, so I do that. Then I meditate as well. Just close my eyes. Just try to calm my mind. Make sure I can hear my, you know, my internal thoughts. Because when you're in there, you got all these people screaming. You got your coach screaming directions at you. Really, you got to be able to listen, listen to your internal, listen to what comes from deep down inside, and be able to like what I'm saying. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so it's like before you <laughs> just step out there in front of all these people, and I kind of say this. You have to start with you mentally and inner before mm-hmm. all the bit out of there. That way you're able to still maneuver and control what it is you're doing, you know, it's, it's not letting the outside noise distract you, you know. 
Yeah, I believe you can see it inside. You can obtain it with both. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you got to be able to see. You got to be able to see it with your eyes closed before you can see it with your eyes open. Is what I believe. So, um, yes. Yeah. So now let's get into the win. So how many wins have you had? I mean, I'm counting some of them. So fill me <laughs> in again. Yeah, um, so I'm not, I'm not, I got nine professional wins right now. I'm going for my 10th professional win. Yeah, I'm going for my 10th Congrats. win this year. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I'll be having my, I'll be going, excuse me, I'll be going for my 10th professional win uh, December 19th of this year. And um, I'll be competing for the UBO Intercontinental Middleweight title. Uh, so this okay, is okay. My... Well, fill us in on it. Fill us in on this. When is the is you said December 19th, right? Yeah, so it's going to be uh Sunday, December 19th. So it's uh, doors open around 7 p.m. Um, and like I said, I'll be fighting for the UBO Intercontinental Middleweight title. Um, so wow. I need, I need everybody to come out. Yeah, that is big. Um, so I, I need to come out. <laughs> I need everybody to come out because this is, you know, this is big. This is a, a huge step in my career, and um, I'm looking, to, I'm looking to put the best performance I've ever put on. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, it would mean the world to he me. He puts on a great performance, you all. I mean, that recent, most recent fight. I mean, it was like, wow, you did your thing. Like, if you, <laughs> if you like, if this. He introduced me really me to boxing. Like, you know, um, I used to clean for six, so that's how I know him. And he was like, Hey, come support me. I was like, Okay, yeah. And so I went to a free of a couple of them, but the last one, I mean, like, I'm just like, oh, MG. Like each one, you've gotten better and better and better. Like I see the growth with you in the ring. Like, it's amazing to watch and see, you know, your growth. And now when you you know the next fight you have coming up so i really knew nothing about boxing but you know what i seen on pay-per-view and i didn't watch it when i was growing up but it really like has me loving boxing so if you haven't saw boxing in person or you don't think you like boxing just check it out and i'm telling you when you go you're gonna be like oh wow i could do this like this is nice this is fun like it's really you know like seeing people go at it like it's it's fun yeah, it's definitely experience, and I've gotten the same reaction from a lot of people, especially you know, because me being the first boxer they actually met, and me actually introducing them to to that experience, it's like, wow, I never like you know what I'm saying, I never never thought it could be like that. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's 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 definitely an experience that if you if you if you never had it, um, something you should definitely um, take part in. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, let me ask you this before we even close out this. So you going for this big thing in December. Um, where do you see yourself in this boxing field in five years? I would say. Where do you see yourself in boxing in five years? Um, five years, I see myself holding one of the major titles, WBC champion, IBF, IBO, um, and really making a statement in, the, in this game. Uh, you know, yeah, I got a late start. Um, but showing showing the youth, showing uh, people, especially you know kids from where I came from, kids that see me now, that anything is possible um, when you believe and when you work hard. And uh, no matter how you started or where you came from, 
you can you can you can be something you can do something um you just got to believe it and you just got to make a decision um that's one of my one of my favorite will smith quotes it's like um just decide who you want to be yeah. what you want to do how you want to do it just decide and the universe will get out your way <laughs> so i mean you uh, you really just answered my next question like i was gonna ask you what you say today <laughs> to the listeners like you asked me wow that's amazing yeah. so it's like you're reading my thoughts over here mm-hmm. but um so with that um i would like to say and give you all this today um always you know be mindful of what it is you're thinking about yourself because how you think is how you feeling. And mm-hmm. if you gotta manifest and create the life you want, all of that plays a part in your life as well. So always be in tune to how you feeling and it's gonna let you know how you're thinking. So, you know, you can create those great things. If you're feeling bad, start changing your thoughts, start yeah. manifesting, start journaling yeah. like the good brother said, you know, to create and visualize something better for your life. Cause when you feeling out of balance, it's because of how you're thinking. You're thinking out about it. So, you know, I mean, rewatch, rewind, and take out those gems that Sixo has dropped today, and let them know how they can um, follow you on social media and things of that nature. Yeah, so you can follow me on all social media. I really, uh, I really uh, implore you to follow me on Instagram. That's when you get all the updates. I really, I'm really active on Instagram when it comes to my career. So you can find, you know events, posts, you know, upcoming things that I'm doing. You find on Instagram, that's uh, my handle is king62u, so that's king, S-I-X, the number two, then the letter U. So that's uh, K-I-N-G-S-I-X, the number two, letter U. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, under that same handle, king62u. Um, you can actually type it in Google and I'm pretty sure all that stuff will come up as well. Um, I'm going to drop it in the um, description box below as well. I'm going to drop it in the description box. So, y'all, we're going to make it easy for you. If you don't, if you can't, you know, if you can't just go, you know, type it in, um, look in your description box and we're going to prepare for you. Well, I thank you once again, um, Sixto, for coming on to the Pink Link podcast. Just, you know, sharing your time with us, dropping those gems. Is there anything else you want to give us today before we even close it out? Like, yeah, I mean, I just implore you if you never if you never had a chance to experience professional boxing, come out December 19th. It's going to be in the Briarcliff area. That's North Atlanta at the Marriott. It's definitely a, a I mean, yeah, like if you never experienced any boxing, if this is your first experience, I, 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 I recommend it just be, um, I recommend you come out and check it out because this is not no experience like anything else. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've been some, to some boxing events where it's just like some rink and dink club or, like, you know, but this right here is really plush. It's really a professional environment. You know, family can even come out, you know, we recommend kids, whatever. Just bring out the entire family and come really enjoy a nice plush night of, of professional boxing. So I implore you, if you've never been to a professional boxing event, December 19th, um, I'm pretty sure uh, the link will be in this podcast as well. But yeah, just, uh, just come out and uh, enjoy your night. Yes, y'all. I kid you not, you would not regret it. It is, you're gonna be like, oh wow, when's the next event? I asked you that, right? I was like, when's your next boxing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this 
I mean, support the good brother and go out December 19th. As he said, I'm going to drop all those details in the description box below. So you don't have to worry about how you're going to find it because it's going to be in the description box. So also, let me tell you this. Do not forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to this video. Like, support your girl. And um, I apologize if I'm looking a little blurry today on my screen. But hey, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, we made it work, right? Have a great day. Well, yeah, absolutely, and thank you for having me on your podcast. I wish you all the best, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon. All right.